Good afternoon. I have been presented with yet again another opportunity to stand before you all on this afternoon. And uh, it always is an honor to echo some of the sentiments that um, Brother Bobby mentioned this morning. It's, it's always good to know that you can be relied upon when it comes to the Word of God. That's, that's, that's one of the highest compliments that I can receive. And I'm just thankful uh, for the opportunity and uh, the trust that Brother May has uh, given to me. Um, also, want to um, publicly, I said something to you earlier, but I want to publicly take the time to thank Brother Bobby for that message. Uh, it, it was a, brother, it was, it was a timely and very, very thought-provoking message. It, 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 I think what you did was had the courage to challenge a lot of us to examine ourselves and see where we are and, and examine our faith in regards to when we deal with things in our lives. And I think, brother, it, it, it's very rare that you see that level of honesty. And, and I just want to commend you and thank you because it did something for me. Um, and again, what, what he did was, you know, Brother Bobby, he, he spoke very plainly about the vulnerability that we have as people. Because a lot of times what we do is we, we overlook those things because, you know, as members of the body, yes, we understand that we are called out. But we have to remember that we're still people. We're still human beings. And the, and the scripture that was read to you, I want to read it again because that's one of, one of the most potent scriptures that I can think of for that to just piggyback off of that lesson. Uh, talking about Jesus, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's simply saying Jesus understands. He understands because he went through the exact same things that we go through. So when we say we don't have anyone who understands, that's not that's not true because Jesus was tempted in all points. Again, he went through all things. He was made up the same exact. And I've said this before. He's made the same exact way. The physiology of Jesus is the physiology that we share. So we need to understand those things. So the emotions that he went through are the emotions that we go through. The, the emotions that he dealt with are the ones that we're going to have to deal with. So what we need to begin to do is realize who we are in Christ. So, also, we need to realize what the church is. And I'm not talking about the building. We see a number of different church buildings, but I'm talking about the people on the inside. And understand what the people on the inside, what we make up. We make up a place of healing. People should come here. The people inside are here because we need healing. We tell people to come to the body because they need healing. We understand those things. And also, Hebrews 3 and 13 and 14, we, we always talk about exhorting one another and admonishing one another. That's why we're here. We need those things. The encouragement. Uh, Hebrews 3 and 13 and 14 says, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Understand that we can live a lifestyle and be fooling ourselves into thinking that we don't need to be encouraged. We can say to ourselves, you know what, I'm okay. But again, sin is deceitful. So we need to stay in constant communication with the saints and fellowshipping and understanding the need for those things. Also, verse 14, yes, Hebrews chapter 3 says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So now we understand that the confidence is because we are in Christ. That's why when we speak with other people, we're confident because we're being comforted, as it says in 1 Corinthians that you uh, used this morning. We're comforted and we can comfort others because we understand that Christ is doing the same thing for us. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 11 also says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. Listen, there's an obligation for us to continue to exhort and admonish and edify one another because we need it. Uh, so a lot of times as brothers, or not even as brothers, but as members, you know, when we emphasize and we implore for members to attend, it's not because we want you to come here so we can beat up on you. That's not why. It's because it's, uphold, it's up to hold those things. 
understanding the need to be admonished and encouraged. That's why we say, come, come, please attend. That's why we're saying those things, because we realize if you don't, then you are going to fall. You have the very, very strong possibility of falling victim to the things that are going on in your life. And Satan is waiting on you. He's waiting for you to say, you know what? Not today. Not today. And I, and I use this. Ex- Brother May, when I talked to him on the phone this morning, he sounded bad. But to see him, that's encouraging to me. And so the thing that we've got to understand is we have got to remove ourselves from the circumstances of our life and realize, listen, if we but give it to God. Because when we do those things, now it's easier for us to encourage one another because we realize, listen, hey, I'm being encouraged. So why not be a blessing to someone else? Why not let someone else see me? Why not say, hey, listen, come on, sit down, fellowship with us, because that's what we need. And we got to understand this is the place for it. So we need to also understand and Brother Bobby brought the highlight of this this morning. And again, it was such a potent lesson for me. We need to understand that just because we are members of the body, that doesn't mean that we're impervious to going through things. In other words, that means we're going to go through trials, but our response to those trials is our measure of faith. And we need to understand those things. And the life that we live and the response that we have to those things that we go through in our lives, that's for someone else to see. Because, again, remember that in Matthew 5, 16, it talks about that light that we shine. That's that part of that light, because when we go through things and we respond appropriately, we respond by giving it to Christ and trusting in him. Now people can see us and say, well, wait a minute. Maybe you all do have something going on inside those buildings, that building. Maybe you all are speaking the truth. Maybe you are all living a lifestyle and believing the things that you all say. Maybe I should be there. So we've got to understand that the way that we handle ourselves in response to adversity means a whole lot. And sometimes we forget those things. Sometimes we can become so self-righteous that we forget that our obligation is to others. So now, being here, you have an opportunity to be exhorted and to exhort when we sing. A lot of times when we come and we, we sing, you know, we're always encouraged by the song leaders, how they, put, they pour themselves into singing. When brothers, when they come up here and pray, I, uh, I had the blessing to hear Jamal pray today. And in his prayer this morning, he prayed for those who are battling, not just physically, but internally. That means emotionally. That means he's highlighting the fact that, listen, we are all going through things. There are people who are out there battling, but we can't spend so much time thinking that they're the only ones battling. We ourselves are dealing with things on the inside as well. So we've got to be cognizant of those things and to be and to hear a prayer, that kind of prayer. That's encouraging because now sometimes, again, we forget we can live a lifestyle thinking, you know, we'll just pray about it. We'll just pray about it. Sometimes it requires for you to realize where you are so that when you offer up that prayer, you understand, hey, listen, I am in need. So the fact that he's praying for others and, and realizing that people are battling with very, very real things, it, it's very encouraging. Again, that's why we implore people to come to attend. Not because we, again, not because we want to beat up on people, but because we want them to be blessed because we know that we're blessed just by being here. Now, I mentioned uh, earlier the church. Um, the message this morning indicated and it showed a oneness that he has with this congregation. Right? What he said was, he says, I realized that there's some things going on. Bobby realized that there are people that are hurting, right? And, he, and when he came up and delivered his message, he delivered it in such a way that you could feel the honesty. You could feel the vulnerability of where he was. You could feel the love that he was giving. 
And that's where we should be. And I appreciate that because a lot of times when we hear those messages of encouragement, what it does is it helps us to not victimize ourselves. Because a lot of times what we can do is we can become we can get in circumstances and get in that. Oh, woe is me. Mind frame. But we've got to understand, listen, you're going to go through things. And, and if you understand that you're going to go through things, what you will do is you'll prepare to go through them. So now when you see others going through things, what can you do? You could be a comfort to them. James one. Two and eight. And we read this all the time. We always say it. Find joy in your trials. And I want to read these scriptures because I want to. There's something that I want to highlight very briefly. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Listen, the instability in our lives should not equal to an instability in our faith. That should not, those two things should not be equal. And again, I made the point about realizing where we are internally because a lot of times we ignore those things we just we say you know what i don't have to deal with those things but listen for us to offer up an honest prayer that is vulnerable to god imploring his will imploring his help we need to know where we are we need to realize hey look we're dealing with things and we need to take the time to put ourselves in positions to be encouraged so that we understand that when we do pray when we do come and we are have the, we have the chance to fellowship with the saints listen we're encouraging one another that's what it's that's what we're called to do. So when people and I always when people come in and they see us doing those things, how much easier for someone who's out who's lost in the world to come in when they see that? How much easier is it? And we've got to understand those things. So now I mentioned earlier about what the church is. Again, I'm talking about ourselves. The church is a place of encouragement. Right. And that everyone here can encourage. No one here should feel like I'm not in a position to encourage anyone, because if you ever feel like that, then the examination needs to be within. But no one here could ever, should ever feel like they can't encourage. That's a very, very basic function. Because what happens if we don't? Understand, again, people are hurting. We're people and we go through things and we deal with things. And through Christ, we have a profound unity and membership with, throughout the body. But just imagine if we're not encouraging or taking the time to realize the need for encouragement. Imagine how friendly we may seem. But a per if we shake a person's hand. We shake that hand and don't have the ability to empathize and encourage this person. That person could be within that handshake unraveling at the scene. And we could miss those things. Why? Because we don't understand the need to be to encourage because we don't understand how God is encouraging us and comforting us. So we have to always be cognizant of those things. So everyone here has the, ob ob uh, the obligation and the opportunity and the ability. More importantly, we have the ability to encourage one another. So you don't know what that handshake, if it's if it's sincere, if it's genuine, if it's filled with love, you don't know what that has the ability to do. Because if we again, going back to thinking about how Christ works in our lives, think about what he's done for you. Why would you not want to grab someone's? And again, I understand people have their personal boundaries. I understand those things. But still, there can be love within that. So we can't allow ourselves to negate ourselves from encouragement because of what people physically might say. Listen, we've got to understand and realize the calling that we have to encourage one another. And also what that requires is that requires a level of awareness, right? One of my litmus tests that I have for myself is if I feel myself 
getting to a point where I'm not concerned with my brothers and my sisters, then I need to reevaluate because now my level of awareness has gone down because I've become so self-absorbed about what I've got going on that I forget the need to encourage others. So again, we have to use those things and be honest enough with ourselves as people. Another place, another thing that the church provides is exhortation. And exhorting requires a knowledge of scripture, right? We have to have the ability to realize that sometimes when we communicate, we need to be communicating the word of God. When we exhort people, listen, we may not always have a Bible, and, I, and that's something that I, I try to live by. We may not always have a Bible, but people should be able to see and be exhorted by the things that we do because they could find it in the Bible. If they so choose, they could see us in the word. And we've got to understand those things. And, and what happens is, you know, we begin to reflect things accurately. Because right? a lot of times what we do is we, we give our own little personal opinions about things. We do those things. A lot of times we, we all fall victim. Well, I fall victim to it. If nobody else wants to be honest about it, I do. We fall victim to those things. And what we've got to realize, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Because a lot of times that just that word alone has the ability to do so many different things. And we need to give the power to the word of God because it's been given to us. And understand that sometimes our opinion may not be the right thing. So we need to ensure that as we exhort people, we are embedded in the word of God. Also, with that same concept, I want to I want to read Second Timothy four and two. It says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. The church is also a place for enlightening. Right? A lot of times and I've had the conversation with Brother May, a lot of times people, when they hear uncomfortable conversations or uncomfortable topics, those are things that they may themselves be dealing with. And what will happen is. They may not come back or they may not be privy to dealing with those things again because they don't want to have to deal with it. Listen, that's on that person. But our responsibility is to still enlighten them to what the word of God says. We've got to do those things because a lot of times what we can't do is if we can't allow people to continue to do wrong. If we know they're doing, we can't allow those things. But what we can do is we can do things in love because we've got an obligation because it says preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. We've ha we have to have those things and we've got to understand this is the place for it. So when a person comes in here, they should. Now, they may be in their feelings when they leave. And that's fine. We understand those things. But we still have an obligation to communicate those things. Why? Because that is what has been done for us. So now we've talked about what the church is. We've talked about the obligation that we have to encourage uh, and, and exhort one another and enlighten one another. Those things happen within the body. And again, we make up the body. So now what I want to do is very briefly, I want to I want to give some examples. Right? I, I've been blessed to, to uh, be. God has blessed me to be on a journey where I, I've taken the human aspect of people in the body and looked at them and to examine them where they are spiritually. I've been given that that uh, the resources to do those things. And I, and I want to share with you all. Uh, Jesus is one of them. And I always talk about Jesus. Because Jesus is the example, the way that he handled himself. Jesus prayed during his time of need. Jesus wept. All those things that we can, that's the, we always joke, that's the shortest scripture in the Bible, all those things. But do we understand what that means? Do we understand that when we ignore ourselves, ignore the emotions when we go through things, what we're doing is we're not giving God the opportunity to work in our lives? That's what's happening. So when we say to ourselves, you know what, no, nah, I'm all right, I'm good, I'm good. When we, and I'm, I'm guilty of that. What we do is we're not giving them an opportunity. We're not giving people an opportunity to encourage us. We're closing ourselves off. We're turning ourselves inward. Uh, Brother Bobby mentioned the, uh, the students in class. A question was asked this morning in my class. You know, how do 
young people nowadays deal with adversity. And it saddened me because all in unison, everyone in there, in unison, the first thing that came out of their mouth was suicide. And these, understand the class that I teach, they're not an old class. So, but to have that be the first thing to come out of their mouth. So that's the society that we live in. And that's, that's the whole point of it. We've got to understand that if we're going out into that world, shining our light, people need to see in us the comfort that we've been given by Christ. They need to see those things in us because people are hurting. Not just people in the world, but people inside the body as well. So we've got to be cognizant and aware of those things. So now, uh, verse Hebrews 4 and 16. Very, very quickly, I want to harp on something. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That word boldly, that word means in a confident and courageous way, showing a willingness to take risks. Now, why is that important? So now, when we go to the throne, we go to it because we are trusting completely in that. So now we're open and we're we're honest. We're not holding anything back. When we're praying, we're saying, God, listen, examine me because I am in a bad place. I'm going through some things and I need you. You know, we're not trying to hide and duck and dodge. We're not giving some things. No, we're giving all things. Right? We're giving all things. So now when we deal with people and people ask us, well, why do you believe? Why do you? Why are you always praying? Because, listen, I need to. And the fact that I'm open and honest with God, it makes me open and honest with people. And we've got to understand those things because that's who we are called to be. Again, these are characteristics of us as members of the body. So now that willingness to be open and honest and vulnerable again, that vulnerability and I, it's, it's hard for us sometimes. Sometimes we don't want people to know what's going on. Like we, don't, we don't want people in our business. I don't want to, what you mean? Listen, I'm all right. You know, whoa, easy. We set up these boundaries. But what we don't understand is we're setting up boundaries with God. So that's what we need to understand. Sometimes we need to remove ourselves. And a lot of times the beauty of being able to come and fellowship with one another is the fact that sometimes we can't see ourselves. But when we can come in a place where people love us and we trust them, they can sometimes help us see us, see where we are. That's the need that we have for each other. Now, in 1 Kings chapter 19, I told you I was going to give y'all some examples. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 8, uh, Prophet Elijah. Elijah was in a low point in his life. Uh, for, uh, I guess, the parallel for us today, we could, I guess we could say that Elijah was depressed. And, and understand that even the most uh, boldest and most godly of men are afflicted with trials. So we need to understand those things. So let's read 1 Kings 19, beginning at verse 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I know better than my father's. Now, we can go further and we can draw a parallel. We can go further because Elijah was at a low point in his life. He had said to God, just take my life. Just end it. How many people have we come in contact who have been at that low point and said, you know what? I don't want to deal with it. But listen, let's read on and let's see what God does. Even in that, even in that moment where we ourselves can't see how God 
is so good to us. Even when we can't see it, he still provides us with a way. So again, those, that's a very real feeling that he was dealing with. Again, those are very real feelings that we all deal with. But listen, we have still got to allow God the ability and the opportunity to work in our lives. Verse 5 says, Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake, baked on coals in a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. Listen. God knew. He knew what he needed. Elijah had gotten to a point in his life where he said, You know what? Just take my life. I don't even want to deal with this. Now, that may not be as extreme for some of us in our lives, but listen, we go through things. We get to points. We get to low points in our lives. We say, what is going on? What am I going to? What am I going to do? But God provides you with that way. Listen, you know what? You know what God did? God allowed Elijah to get some real rest. Do, do you know what happens to the body and the mind when we don't get real rest? When we're not at, we don't get peaceful rest. Once that once the body goes, that mind is sure to follow. So we've got to understand those things. And he provided them with food. He fed them. All those things because Elijah was in need. There are so many times when in our lives we're in need. But if we but trust in God, he'll provide us with rest. He'll feed us. He'll give us some shelter. All those things. But the only thing that we have to do is trust in him. And so, again, Elijah was a godly man. We know that. But Elijah was still afflicted with those emotions that we go through, with those trials in our lives. And again, so it's so beneficial. Look how beneficial that is for us to be able to read about Elijah. So now when we go out into the world and we can communicate that same comfort that we receive from God, look how much, look how easy it is for us to tell about the goodness of God. Evangelizing. Evangelizing then doesn't become a chore. It becomes something that we want to do. We're running out saying, listen, man, I feel good. Well, why do you feel so good? Because look at what God has done for me. So we got to understand those things. And so again, in those times, and again, Elijah felt lonely. In those times of loneliness, God will still minister us, but we've got to allow him. His word, his word, we talk about his word all the time. Listen, that's how God is speaking to us. So we've got to trust in his word, allow him to minister to us. When we feel like there is no one who understands, we need to always find comfort in the fact that there is one who does. God and his word. So that's, that's one example. Now this next one, I, uh, I, was, I was struggling to try to figure out how to, how to get it in here, but I think, I think I can do it. So, Paul, right? If we look at the life of Paul and the things that he went through, right? Paul dealt with trauma, right? And if we were to take Paul and insert him now, I would, I would, I would have no problem saying that Paul probably suffered from some PTSD, right? Again, we, we associate it with the military, but imagine if we just, if we think about it. If we think about it, and, and, and I'll make, you'll see the point I'm making. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11, 24 through 28. Uh, verse 24 says, from the Jews, this is Paul now. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. Now, listen. 
Listen, you all. Paul went through it. Paul was involved and engaged in a traumatic life. Right? He understood those things. He understood that. Jesus said, listen, you're going to suffer for me. You're going to have to deal with these things. And it's not easy. So think about our lives, the things that we go through. When we're going through things, when, when there are things that are, are uh, a lot that are causing us that we feel that are causing us to act a particular way because we f- refuse to be honest with ourselves. Listen, at the end of the day, are we concerned with the churches? Are we concerned with, uh, with the saints that we worship with every day? Are we concerned with those things? Are we so consumed by what we've got going on? Because I guarantee you, none of us have been uh, in perils of waters and perils of robbers and perils of my own countrymen. And we can continue on. So how bad is it really? Right? Now, what I'm not, what I'm what I'm not saying is. You know, to, to ignore the things that you go through. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is prioritize God in those things. Amen. Right. Because when we say find joy in trials, listen, as human beings, we understand that it's, it's not going to always feel good to us. So in that moment, it's we're going to struggle to find that joy. But the joy is God is going to see us through. God is giving us an opportunity to strengthen our faith and be an example to someone because someone else most guaranteed is going through something similar to what you're going through. So we've got to understand those things. So now, again, 2 Corinthians 12, talk, still talking about Paul, uh, beginning of verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, I was reading somewhere and it said God doesn't waste a wound. Right. And I, and I believe that to be true, because, again, Paul had that thorn. And, and just imagine, you know, let's let's say let's insert Gerard, insert yourselves and say, what thorn are you dealing with? What are you going through in your life? How many there have been times when I've said, come on, this is this is rough. I think about how many tears we've shed. Think about how angry we've been sometimes in our lives. Think about the emotional roller coaster that we've gone through dealing with some of these thorns. Just think about that. Think about Paul. Think about what he could have possibly been going through. But even in spite of those things, God said, listen, no, I'm not going to take it from you because this is this is how I know you need me. This right here, you're going to always need me. And this will make you strong because you'll be in constant need of me. So a lot of times we've got to realize, listen, and I'm not saying, you know, revel in the things that we go through. But what I am saying is allow God to work in that adversity, because a lot of times the only thing he's doing is he's strengthening us. He's giving us the opportunity to be an example, to shine that light, to glorify God, to give him the glory and the praise. So when we step out and we're evangelizing, we're saying, listen, listen, this is where it's at. The, body, the church of Christ is where it's at. We're not just saying that haphazardly. We mean that. Because we are going through things, and even through going through things, we still have the love of God in our hearts, and we still have the concern for souls in our hearts. So again, we have to allow God to work in our lives, and we have to be honest with ourselves and realize, listen, Jesus, as we said in Hebrews chapter 4, Jesus went through everything. There isn't a thing that we go through that Jesus doesn't know. But we've got to trust in the fact that he went through it before us. He went through those things. So when we pray to him, we can go ahead and be honest. We can go ahead and let our guard down with God. Trust and believe you'll be okay. So if you're here today and, and you haven't quite obeyed, you haven't obeyed the gospel, I want to I wanna mention this before I, before I close. When we obey the gospel, 
a lot of times what's happened, what happens is there are people who obey the gospel and they're they're leaving situations that involve stress, anxieties, all kinds of emotional issues and traumas. They are leaving those things. Right? So we've got to understand that those things are constantly in the forefront of their mind. So when people obey the gospel, we've got to realize, listen, they have got to understand that you can give those things to God truly. You don't have to worry about those things. But also, we're still humans. Remember what I said? So the obligation that we have as members of the body is to continue to encourage and exalt. And those examples that I gave earlier about ourselves being the light. Listen, we've got to do those things because we understand. Listen, these people have just turned their life over from lives of chaos. So we understand those things. So if you are here today and you are struggling with things and have not yet obeyed the gospel, listen, trust that you've heard enough. The word of God is true. Everything that has been said is from the word of God. And you have the ability and the opportunity to make a decision today. And it's your decision. And God is waiting on you. God is waiting to work in your life. And if you are a member of his body and you have allowed yourself to become a victim of your circumstances, give it to him. Realize what he's given to you through his son, Jesus. Realize the blessing that you have through his grace. And that grace means we didn't do anything for it. And we didn't do anything for it. Nothing that we could do could be that great that he gives us his grace. He did it because he loves us. So now give him the opportunity to work in our lives. And I say that as we stand and sing our invitation song. Oh, yeah.